You are listening to the UR Techie Podcast, episode number 120. Welcome to the UR Techie Podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms. Are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hey, so I want to talk to you about a question that recently came up with one of my students, and it's come up a lot in the past. So I remember a specific meetup, and this was like pre-COVID, so it was a physical meetup. And we went to an event that Your Techie hosted back when we had the meetup. My friend Jill Sanderson hosted us. She is a Your Techie mentor, and she hosted us for an Agile event and to tell us she tied in her returnship story with that event. So she gave us a speech. We had some networking and one of the women in the group. So the meetup was free, but I still had some students at that time that would come to the meetups if they're available. So one of the women in the group who happened to be a student asked Jill what she thought about getting a certification. Now, this certification was in regards to a Scrum Master certification, which Jill had, and Jill also had another certification. But over the years, this has come up more and more. So I want to kind of address that that question. And Jill's advice, just right off the bat, was to get certified, that getting certified was a good idea. That's what she advised my student. And I disagreed. And so I thought it was not the way to go. And I'll go into some details why, but, you know, just so you know, Jill's cool with that. We, we're friends. We can disagree. It's good. Um, and it was a healthy debate. And I think the students learned a lot from hearing the perspectives that we both had. So I disagreed with Jill. And you might be thinking, OK, so that's the end of the podcast entitled, Should I Get Certified? Uh, yeah, no, it's not the end of the podcast. I have a little bit more to say on the topic. So let's dive in to certification. And I want to help you with the lens on how to make this decision and why Jill and I perhaps had different perspectives on this. Essentially, my position is that certification is not bad. And in fact, I see a lot of validity with it. And in fact, I see a lot of validity with it. It's more learning. It can help you. And it can really elevate your game in a certain way. And I mean, this is obvious, right? Not all certifications are equal. So I will tell you that finding a great certification is worth the money. 
I used to be the type of person who's like, what's the best deal? What's the best deal? I would just spend a little extra money because you're probably getting a higher quality product and what certification you get matters greatly. The credentials and the learning will be so much better with a great certification than say with like a good one. Here's what I'm against when it comes to certification. I'm against using certification as a substitute for doing the real work required to get hired in tech. And that might sound harsh, but I'm going to break it down for you so that you can feel really good that you are making the right decision for the right reason, because ultimately that's what matters, right? The why of your certification really matters. So in other words, my opinion matters less than the why you are getting it. One more point about logistics here in what we're talking about. I'm going to lump advanced degrees in with certifications for the purposes of this podcast, and they are not a substitute for one another. However, the decision-making framework that I'm going to give you will work for both. And I want to make the comment that I am talking about advanced degrees, but I do not lump bachelor's degrees in with this lens that I'm going to give you for advanced degrees and certifications. It's worth noting that unlike many other fields, you actually can have a very prosperous and lucrative career in tech without a bachelor's degree. I don't recommend that because it still will limit you, but it is possible for it not to limit you. But if you have that bachelor's degree and you have tech, not necessarily the bachelor's degree in tech, you are going to be limited less, if that makes sense. It's really going to open things up for you and and not really put a lot of barriers in. In tech, a bachelor's degree is not the table stakes that it is in other professions. But in general, I think most of you listening tend to have at least a bachelor's degree. So I'm going to speak from that lens. Okay, I just want to make that distinction. And the question I'm addressing, so it's really two questions. Should I get certified? Should I get an advanced degree? And I think it's important that I tell you, you know, what I have and what I don't have, because you need to consider if I'm going to be a voice you're listening to on this topic. And I'm going to tell you exactly the lens that I'm coming at this with. So I do have a master's degree. I do not have any certifications. I am considering one or two certifications. But in this state right now, I have a master's degree and no certifications. My master's degree is from Purdue University, boiler up. And some of you may be interested in how I feel about my master's degree. Like, did I think it was a good investment? Well, first, I want to let you know what it is, my, what my degree is. So if you've listened to me before, you know I have an undergrad in computer science. My master's degree is in learning, design, in technology. And that degree, as I said, is from Purdue. It was a fully online, fully remote program that I did. And then I only went to campus for graduation. And the way that I feel about that program is that it is the best value on the market. That is how I feel. And it's important that you understand, even though the title learning design and technology, you might think, well, Ellen teaches UX. It's a UX degree. It really is not. It's not an HCI human computer 
interaction degree. It's not a UX master's. It's just not. It really is a focus on learning, which that may make sense for you know my job that I do of teaching people. But it really, for those of you becoming a UX designer, it's not necessarily going to be the most aligned master's degree. The learning design process mimics the UX design process. So there'll definitely be some overlaps. It wasn't like it, it's not like it's completely unrelated. It's just not the straight line that you might be thinking that, I mean, if I were you, I'd think, oh, yeah, she's an undergrad in computer science and a master's in UX. And it really is not. So I just want to make that distinction, because if you're like, oh, my gosh, Purdue is amazing. I'm going to go take this program. If you're trying to get hired as a UX designer, it's probably not the straightest path. However, I am going to take a minute to brag about the Purdue program, because I do feel that it's bar none the best online program on the market. And I was only personally considering one alternative at the time, which was the Learning Sciences Master's Degree from Northwestern. Northwestern is in Evanston. I decided we couldn't handle the commute. So I was living in the western suburbs of Chicago at the time. I would have had to drive up to Northwestern. The Learning Sciences program at Northwestern is renowned, and I'm sure that it's a great program. I know great professionals who have done that program. So nothing against the program. I ultimately just went for Purdue because it made more sense for me. And ultimately, I feel like I was probably just really drawn to the engineering, produce such an engineering type institution. I have a master's in science of education instead of a master's of education. So I just love that. I love the way that they approached it. And for my ROI, for the investment that I made, my ROI was amazing. I loved the professors. They challenged me. I did have a 4.0, but it was not easily come. I had some really significant hard assignments that I got tough feedback on. And I know this is starting to sound like a Purdue advertisement, but I want you to understand that when I give you the lens that I give you, it's not from like, well, my master's degree was bad, so you shouldn't do one. It's really not that lens. I absolutely cannot say enough about Purdue and may or may not tell my my kids to apply there. So I want to say thank you, Purdue, and boiler up. All right, moving on to the lens of your decision making. So now you kind of know my biases and what's going on there. I'm always going to cheer for Purdue. If they're playing your team, I'm sorry. I'm going with Purdue. So back to the lens of decision making. And one thing to note is that when I got my master's degree, I actually know that I did it for the wrong reasons. I, In hindsight, I can look back and say, yeah, that was not the right reason. I should not have done it for that reason. Everything worked out but I spent a lot of time taking action that was not for the reason I stated. And and the reason I stated was what I truly desired. Like, I wanted to get hired faster and for more money, but I went to graduate school out of fear. I was afraid to go to work and not be good enough because my family demands were too great. And I thought my help was too lacking. You know, my family was out of town and my spouse was traveling all the time. And that's what I told myself. And so I want to solve you for making the same mistake that I made. Not that going to graduate school was a mistake, but the why of why I went and also the when. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So if you are one of my students or future students and you come here because you know that I talk about getting hired faster and for more money. If you don't know, that's the first time you're hearing that. I think you need to listen to a few more podcasts because <laughs> every other one, that's what you're going to hear. My students hear it all the time. So is this helping us get hired faster and for more money? Okay, when I talk about that program, when I'm talking about, hey, this is what I offer, people are like, sweet, I totally want to do that. That sounds amazing. Until I'm 
tell them, hey, that's going to mean that you say no, put constraints around in what you're doing and really focus on only these activities. That's less fun. So my lens is getting hired for more money. It sounds amazing, but it may not be truly what you want. The actions involved in getting those results are pretty hard. The results are pretty spectacular if you take the actions. Like my students have done crazy things like, you know, get hired while pregnant and earn $45 an hour from staying at home, get hired in two weeks, like really crazy things. And you might say you're making that up, but I'm not. It's that if you take these really hard actions, then you get really amazing results. That's just the lens with everything. But with our program, Get Hired for More Money, that's the lens I'm going to give you advice from. So if you're sitting there and you think, I don't need to get hired that fast. Okay, that's fine. Then you can use that as a different lens to make this decision. But that's not the lens that I'm going to give you advice from. Okay, cool. And so one more thing about that. One of the reasons I take that very strong stance, if you don't want to get hired faster and for more money, which even just saying it sounds ridiculous, you just need to know what your lens is. Because the reason I take that hard stance is that tech is so broad that it's really an ocean that anyone can get lost in. And the problem with that is really any advice you're given. So let's say you get advice from someone else. They could prove with their evidence, oh, you know what, it's true because of X, Y, and Z. Because tech is so vast, there's always going to be an example of how that can be true. So they might say, well, you should learn X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure there's a really valid reason for that. But it wouldn't be valid enough if you wanted to get hired faster and for more money. Is that starting to make sense? So someone could say, well, you definitely need to know JavaScript to, to be in tech. Or you know what you should learn? You should learn JavaScript. However, if you're going to be a UX designer, just because someone puts JavaScript on their job posting doesn't mean you need to go out and learn JavaScript. It's not going to help you get faster and for more money. It's hard. I'm not going to argue that learning JavaScript is a totally valid thing to do, but it may not be totally valid right now. Okay. And also, there are only so many things that you can learn. You really need to prioritize what you're going to learn. Cool. So when it comes to getting certified or getting an advanced degree, the right question to ask is, why am I doing this? And maybe you're doing it like I did out of fear. And that would not be a great reason. Maybe for me, it was also probably a little hubris. Now that I think back at the time, I certainly would not have been able to communicate this, but I didn't want to start out at the bottom. You know, who wants to start out at the bottom? The bottom is really bad. I don't know where it is. It's the bottom. So those would be bad answers to why am I doing this? Now, some better answers to why am I doing this could be maybe you're doing it because you believe that those credentials are the type of learning that you need for your life and career. And maybe you feel like you've always wanted that challenge and you really identify with the challenge, with the learning and the challenge that's going to be presented in this experience and this certification. You could also feel that it will help your career. And I think that is a big one because if it's not going to help your career, then your other why should be really strong. So I just want to learn this. Mm, I don't know. 
you could probably learn it another way. I want to learn this and I want the challenge and I'm confident that I'm going to be able to apply it to this job or the next job and it's really going to help my career. Better answer. So that's why I say, why am I doing this? Write that question down and look at it. Really analyze why you want that certification. Okay, the next question is tough. So you can get through the first one, but the next one is tough because I think I had the right why. I mean, I, you know, and I feel really great years later that I'm trying to think of how many years. Well, my son was six months when I started. So like eight, he just turned nine. So no, nine years. (laughs) Hello. So almost nine years ago when I started the program, I can look back nine years and say, wow, I love my decision. However, the next question I don't love when is the best time for me to do this? And that's the part that I take issue with is it wasn't the best time for me to make that choice, okay? And again, you know, I don't regret it, but it would have been a lot better for my family. We were in a much tighter financial position back then. It would have been way better for me to earn income, for me to work and for us to earn income than for me to go to take out more loans. We already had loans. So I think that the when is really important because to think back now like that I added that debt, which luckily for Purdue, the ROI was amazing. I was able to pay it off very quickly, less than a year, working part-time, amazing. But I still think, well, that was not optimal for our family. Why did I do that? To think that I made that choice out of fear and because I needed someone to like tell me that I was worthy. I was so happy to be accepted into the program and to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this amazing thing. It's crazy now for me to think back like that is why I did that is why I did it when, right? So it's important for you to say, when can I do this? And when is the optimal time for me to do this? I think when is the optimal time for you to do it is a hard question because When our brain goes there, it's like, well, life is not optimal. Not everything is optimal, you know? But in this case, you want to know when the optimal time, and you might say, well, I don't know how many years, but what about the financial situation? What about your kids' ages? And again, you know, we had a baby, things can, things come up. I get it. Optimal will maybe never happen, but that's not a reason not to define it. That's a reason to say, okay, what is optimal and what things are we willing to sacrifice on that optimal? When is an optimal time for me to do that? Okay. Great lens for you to look at. One more final topic that I want you to consider in terms of certification that I'm thinking maybe has already occurred to you. But if it hasn't, it's a great point to kind of reiterate is that so you may get hired faster and for more money. You get hired, you've got your amazing job, and then your company may pay for certifications. I mean, Caitlin comes to mind as she's crushing it with her certifications. And I believe her company is paying for all of it. But she really wanted to get hired and for more money. And she did that. And now she's getting all these certifications. And I don't know, her name keeps getting really long. I'm not sure I can type it all out. But I think that's great because her certifications are really applicable to her career. But I do want you to consider that there are many organizations, especially kind of the bigger, more well-established companies, that have continuing education benefits. And you're going to be spending your time on, you're going to be spending your money on something. Like you have to go to training with some of these organizations. So what if your company paid for the certification? Would that type of a win be better for you if your organization paid for it? And if you say, Ellen, but I can't guarantee that, I understand. But once you get with your organization 
and you know, you've gotten hired and faster or for more money, it may pay to wait. Even if they pay for half of it or a portion of it, sometimes you can sell them on that because it only benefits them. And you might be saying, but that sounds like so much. How am I going to work? And it feels overwhelming. But my friend, you're going to be at the top of the S-curve with your work. You've gotten hired. You've done the work. And plus, with all the calendaring that you know from your techie learnings, you are going to be totally capable, ready, and willing to get that certification on top of work and maybe throughout work that I think that in terms of should I get certified, that's a great why and a great when. All right. I hope that was helpful to you. I know many people ask that question. So thank you so much for coming out today. I will see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.